재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Why is this music playing here? I feel like we're supposed to say something here. Don't we do this every week? Hmm, that's weird and wonderful. Ah, uh, yes, the old brain fart is the topic today <laughs> on Weird and Wonderful. Yeah, the weirdest ways that your memory fails you. And did you know that we've all actually been through amnesia? No, not the type where we get into a car accident and we bump our heads and we forget what we've been through in the past mm-hmm. or just a certain amount of me- uh, memory is blocked. But in our childhood, There's something called childhood amnesia. Yes, and I'm so amazed to talk about this because mm-hmm. I had a friend in college who constantly said that I don't remember my childhood memories. And I was sure. so confused about, what do you mean you don't remember? That's why you take pictures. Happened? Well, for her, it, it was the strangest thing ever. And I, and I had a hard time believing her. But now, talking about this now, I realize there's an actual condition called childhood amnesia. So by the time children are two years old, they're able to answer Uh, easy and simple questions about recent events. Sure. And then over the next four or five years, they become even better at recalling and describing important events in their lives. So by the age of seven or eight, most of them have quite well-developed memories, okay? But when these seven or eight-year-olds are questioned about early memories, they're rarely able to recall memories of events that happened earlier than age three or four. And these early memories become even harder to access As they grow older. Yeah, I wonder why. I mean, you remember them earlier on, but just because a couple years passed, it just, boom, vanished. Completely vanished. And And this phenomenon known as childhood amnesia, Mm -hmm. it's still a mystery for even psychologists as well. And there's a lot of explanations uh, as to how this came to be, what this is, including Freud's theory that childhood amnesia is caused by repression of traumatic memories occurring in uh, the child's early uh, psychosexual development. But here's a preferred theory, that when the brain goes through a lot of restructuring, especially for younger children, Mm -hmm. when a child is born, for example, his or her brain constantly adds more cells, which also have to form connections to many other brain cells. So it's been found that uh, the age of the child when this process begins to slow down is very close to the age when most people have their first memory. Interesting. Oh, that's very interesting. So uh, we had in our elementary school, there was two kids that were adopted at the age of five and six. So they came in at kindergarten and first mm-hmm. grade. They were two years behind me. But I remember that they came in speaking Russian. They didn't, have, they didn't, they didn't speak oh, any English. Okay, yeah. But then, you know, like over the next year, you know, they were, they were talking in English. And you would ask them like, oh, so do you remember? And they, they didn't have any memories of... Uh, speaking the, Russian? Even though they were, yeah, they didn't have memories of speaking Russian or m- hardly any memories of uh, where they came from. Yeah, I guess that is interesting if you immigrate at a very young age, being the first generation, going back to uh, artificially intelligent. Yeah, uh, you don't remember the language that you were so proficient in, that right. you were so uh, just... Easy, easy to speak, but then a couple of years later, it's like you forget. Will that happen to me? If I ever leave Korea and stop using Korean, will I, yeah. will I start telling people I used to be able to speak Korean? And they'll be like, no, 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 Lee, you're making things up. That's a false memory. Mm-hmm. Okay, so false memories this is a real psychological phenomenon as well. Many people think that humans, uh, you know, they're made of memories. But psychologists say that our recollection of everyday events may not be as reliable as we would believe. <laughs> uh, even more so, uh, once information has been committed to memory, it can 
always be distorted and a recollection of memories can easily be manipulated. Sure. I mean, just going from person's to person's uh, perspective, Mm -hmm. how do they tell the story? So for the most part, the false memories are about everyday situations with no real consequences. But they do sometimes lead to very serious ramifications, uh, making you remember a crime. Okay. A crime that you didn't even commit. What? Can you imagine if that that happened to you? So people can gaslight. I think that's how it comes in. So people can lie to you. And I think that's what happens with interrogations as well. Some people are innocent, but they're kind of being just uh, ambushed by these beliefs or... sure. Or just like you did it. It's, and did it's it, a very traumatic statements. situation too. So you might start thinking like, yeah, I guess I did. I did. I, did. I was the it. one holding the, the murder weapon. And yeah. yeah, it's been a plot point for a few of those kind of shows. But mm-hmm. it's based on real studies, I suppose. In 1906, here's the story. Hugo Nunsterberg, uh, the chair of, psychology, uh, of the psychology laboratory at Harvard University, wrote about a case of false confession. And according to his article, uh, a boy discovered a woman dead. Oh, my. In uh, a barnyard. Okay. He stood accused of murdering that woman. Even though this young man had a clear alibi, he admitted to the crime after being questioned by the police. So Munsterberg, uh, he focused on how the young boy confessed the crime. He wrote he was quite willing to repeat his confession again and again. Each time it became richer in detail. Oh, wow. So it's it's kind of a scary story, right? It's kind Power of scary of that words. this can happen. But yeah. uh, it's said that that uh, while simple false memories can be implanted, more complex and unbelievable ones are generally resisted. So in order to implant the, the deeper ones, <laughs> yeah. you've got to go a couple dream levels down. Okay. you got to get down to the state where music slows down, super time is like... And if you ever want to come out of that dream state, you got to have like a fall. Some gravitational... Get the butterflies in your stomach and you'll kick right off the inception process. I think, yeah, these are, these are directions <laughs> from the movie. Uh, moving on to our last uh, little memory, a flashbulb memory. Now, basically, it's a highly detailed, exceptionally vivid sort of snapshot of the moment in which a piece of surprising or shocking news was heard. So it kind of creates a strong and seemingly seemingly very accurate memory of learning about the event, but not the event itself. Hmm. So for example, it's said that many people around the world still remember where they were or what they were doing when they heard about some traumatic terror attacks and things like that. However, a research uh, which raises a question about this theory was published back in 2015 where psychologists who carried out this research sent out memory surveys immediately after a terror attack. So they sent out follow-up surveys as well as to participants after one, three, and ten years after the incident. Now, according to the result, most of the participants remembered what they were doing when they heard the news, Mm. and they were generally highly confident in the memory. But despite their memory confidence, there were significant inconsistencies when the details of their memories were compared to the initial survey. So a year after the event, only about two-thirds of the people remembered was accurate. However, this accuracy did not dip much lower after that. After 10 years, after 9-11, people were still about 60% accurate. So thus, researchers and psychologists concluded that although flashbulb memories are not like videos of the event, they are probably more accurate than other normal memories. Interesting. So I guess when right. when you when it's something really traumatic, you seem to remember it more uh, 
more of the details of the incident, but also what you were doing and when when you heard the news and things like that. So maybe connected to a serious uh, a serious incident would I, be. I actually still remember 9-11 and when I yeah. first heard it. Exactly. I was just going to bring that up because I remember exactly where I was sitting mm-hmm. in the room and the TV yeah. that was pulled out uh, at 9 a.m. in the morning. Right. Right when school had started. Mm-hmm. And uh, also there's a lot of people who are on the streets, you know, right, right near the building. So, of course, they remember in detail maybe the, the, the circumstances that were surrounding them immediately. But when it comes to the actual events of timing of, of, of the, the plane, actual events of what was happening with other people in that situation, okay. they might not. necessarily recall the the correct details oh i'm not saying that as a i'm just saying maybe according to this is is the that's the flashbulb effect yeah well it's interesting to know what your mind can do and are incapable of doing as well well there you go weird and certainly wonderful here is daily featuring jesse j remember me